0: Hi everyone, it's your host Liz. On this week's episode, we are talking with Danielle Alvarez, the founder of the Bonita Project. After moving to New York from Miami and working for one of the top agencies as a savvy PR pro, she decided to create her own community-driven, multicultural-focused PR agency. Listen as Danielle keeps it real on the challenges she experienced as an entrepreneur and how she's pivoting her brand during COVID. This is Realistically with Liz. Hi, Danielle. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today.
1: Thank you, Liz, for having me on here. I'm very, very excited to be chatting with you this afternoon.
0: Yes. um, So I want to just dive right in. I would love for you to share with the audience a little bit more about yourself, like where you grew up and where did you go to school?
1: Absolutely. So I am originally um, born in Patterson, New Jersey, Oh my god, wait, in- stop.
0: I was also born in Patterson. I did not know that.
1: Oh, what? Okay, okay. <laughs> what? What? That's okay. Yeah, I get excited when I meet other Patterson babies because to be honest with you, I don't know many. And ever since I left, because I did leave New Jersey when I was about eight, I lost touch with my Patterson roots. But <laughs> um, I'm sure you know, and for those that probably don't know, um, Patterson is home to a, a big Peruvian community. Um, both my parents are Peruvian. I am Peruvian-American, and at the age of, I want to say, eight, I moved to South Florida, um, which is where, you know, I took on another life, me and my mom. I was raised by a single mom, and I went to school, to uh, college, undergrad, to University of Florida, so that's known as Home of the Gators, so go Gators to anybody that's a Gator out here, (laughs) Um, and then in 2011 was when I moved. To New York City. Yeah,
0: um, I, I was so thrown off by you saying that you were born in Patterson. I mean, I, I usually don't tell people that I'm from New Jersey because <laughs> I, I personally just don't remember. Because we actually moved. I was three, and my sister was eight when we moved to Puerto Rico. So, also being from my family, from a divorce, um, you know, mom and dad family we moved we all moved to puerto rico then my parents got divorced like within a year but then they both decided to stay like my dad didn't go my dad's family was was the one in new jersey and all of my mom's family is the puerto rican side mm-hmm. so it was just really now that i'm older it was just like really interesting to just see that dynamic because you know even though the divorce happened like when i was very young and like didn't really, you know, experience anything or remember anything about it. my parents were very close. like they made sure to, you know, really, you know, kind of show that strong, you know, kind of family dynamic and you know, i always saw my dad and you know, i lived primarily with my mom and and with my sister, so you know, it was definitely a very female heavy household.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah, that's, that's awesome. I mean, I, I'm a single, I'm an only child, so I I don't know what it is to have um, a sibling, like a close sibling, like a sister or whatnot, but I have been fortunate enough to grow up with a lot of beautiful women around me who have supported me, who that's why I did create the Monita project. Um, and I, you know, women, I'm a very, um, I'm a rooter for all things women, women empowerment for sure, 100%. <laughs>
0: Yes, yes, yes. I love it. Um, So let's talk a little bit more about that. So you mentioned that after going to University of Florida, you moved to New York City in 2011. Was it just a spur of a moment? Was it, did you have like a job already that you expected um, in New York to start when you got there? Or was like, what was that? When did that moment like really, did you realize that New York was like in your future?
1: Sure. So New York was a dream of mine since I was like maybe I want to say 19. Um, I think that's when I really realized that I wanted to move back to New York. I was in Florida for already a minute now. It was a, a few years I grew up there. I consider myself or I considered myself more of a Florida girl then but something always told me I needed to move back up north and As soon as I started pursuing my career in public relations and going to school and whatnot and and learning the ins and outs, I knew that I was going to make more of an impact if I came to a bigger city like New York City. Um, I knew that there was a lot more opportunities, whether I wanted to go to an agency or I wanted to go in-house. The media relations hub is all based out of New York, so I... I knew I had to come here. So at the age of 19, I would say is when I, it sparked in me, like I needed to, I wanted to move. And while my mother would listen to me and she'd be like, okay, she wouldn't really take me very seriously on that. She was like, all right, she's probably just speaking out of her ass really. <laughs> she, But she didn't, she didn't, not that she didn't believe me, but she just thought it was like, you know, this trend that I was on. But as soon as 2011 came and I graduated, I told my mom, I said, mom, I'm going to move. Um, I'm going to give myself 2 weeks and then buy myself a one way ticket from Florida and fly out to New York. And to be very honest with you at first my mom was a hesitant um she was scared. She told me that maybe I should give it 6 months, maybe I should try getting a job in Miami first before I took the plunge, but I told myself and I I told her I I I said if I leave if I push this off and wait six more months, I'm probably going to find a job you know, in Miami, get comfortable here and then never leave. And like my dream was to always to move to New York. So if I don't do it now, who knows what's going to happen in six months. I may end up meeting a guy that I like. I don't know. And at the time I was single and thriving. <laughs> I was just like no attachment to anything. So I said, no, I'm leaving now because if now it's if now, if it, if it doesn't happen now, it's probably never going to happen. So I I moved the summer of August. Yeah, it was like, uh, because I I graduated in the summer. So two weeks after graduation, I moved. I bought my one way ticket. And soon enough, you know, my New York anniversary is coming up this this coming month. So I'm very excited for that. And yeah, I left. And I was fortunate enough to have family here um, in New York in Queens. Actually, I have, um, I had an aunt and uncle that lived here at the time. And they extended their home to me they said Danielle you can crash here you know we don't you can crash on our air mattress for the time being until you get settled you get a job and I left without a job like I I was doing I was doing the work and putting in the work of applying to different places while I was in um, Florida but to be honest with you I wasn't getting any responses like I may have done like one phone interview with a potential internship that was paid but nothing I didn't get any anywhere beyond just that. And I figured nothing is going to happen unless I actually moved to the city. Like I need to be in the city in order for me to get a job. Um, so that's what I did. That's I, I, I left without a job. <laughs> and the first, I want to say I was here, the first two and a half months or so, I was working in multiple places. Like I started at the mall. I worked at Queen Center Mall, at Armani Exchange um, as a part-time you know sales rep working the floor and then at the same time I was like interning at two different places for free because it was free I mean our industry has a bad rep which I'm not okay with but you know for the most part a lot of places that you intern at least at the time I'm sure things have changed now but back in 2011 you would intern at certain places and it was always for free but I I only cared about just you know getting the contacts getting my foot in the door and getting the experience so that was like my first two and a half months or so in New York until then in October, I landed my first full-time gig.
0: Yeah. I mean, it definitely sounds like you, you really went with your gut and, you know, just kind of decided to, you know, leave the pack behind almost. Like I'm sure that everybody, whether they had also graduated at the same time, like maybe your group of friends was also like, oh, like you're crazy. Like, you know, you can find a job here in Florida. Like I'm sure there's PR agencies over here or, you know, you can work for you know do in-house pr. So I mean, New York City is always kind of like that dream place that everybody, you know, sees all these opportunities and sees all the like see all these possibilities, but what a lot of people don't talk about is that kind of like struggle moment when you do first get here. That, you know, as you said, you know, those first two months you were really juggling, you know, multiple you know, quote unquote jobs. Cause I'm sure that, you know, internships, even though they are unpaid, which I experienced as well at the same time, you know, you're still giving it your all. Like you're not going to make those connections unless you're working your butt off.
1: Yeah. No, it's right. Especially at that age. Like I always remember, I look back at who I was in 2011. I was 22 years old. I was hungry. Like I had this hunger in me that i don't think i felt again until i launched the bonita project because it fizzled out after a while you know you you kind of got the experience of like corporate america working for someone else at the beginning you know you're giving it your all and then you, you burn out you do burn out um and you lose that passion drive and i i always had this drive in me like i i i do remember that feeling of just like being at the vida and 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 risking getting a lot more riskier I'm not I I don't want to say I'm as risky as I was when I was 22 but it was it was a whole different experience back then and I was hungry I was eager I just wanted to you know do anything in order for me to just get the foot my foot in the door and get my first job so so yeah I'm very I'm very happy that I I followed my intuition and because I mean yeah ever since I moved to New York everything else has just been a smooth ride I mean not smooth ride I'm sorry but everything has just been a brighter path for me yeah because I don't know what would have happened if I would have stayed back in Florida I mean not to talk bad about Florida I mean Florida is great too (laughs) but it's just not I just I didn't see myself there I did not see myself there and do I miss it I miss the beach that's about it I don't (laughs) that's about it sorry but yeah but yeah I'm a New York girl for life yeah,
0: no, I could definitely relate because, you know, now being in New York, you know, my anniversary is technically August as well from when I moved here 10 years ago. You know, I did really never saw myself staying in Puerto Rico long term. Like, it was just very, like, I remember when, you know, you start thinking about where you're going to college and, you know, where you're going to apply. And, you know, since Spanish is the native language for so many people. I did not favor Spanish. I'm good at Spanish in my own way, but on paper I was like not the best Spanish student. So, you know, that definitely, it made me feel some type of way. So like when I was like, oh, am I going to go to college here in Puerto Rico where everything is Spanish dominant and like I have like one class in English. I was like, I don't really feel like doing that. And of course I decided to choose like the one major that like is nowhere to be found in Puerto Rico and, and, you know, go into fashion and, you know, not just say, Oh, I'm going to study business. I was like, I'm going to find something within fashion in like a super niche school. And that's where I'm going. And I I can't imagine myself like having stayed home. Like, I feel like I very same, like, you know, miss the beach. My, you know, my mom is still there. So, you know, miss her too. But you know, when I go back sometimes like for holidays, I'm like, I just feel like it's just like, it's it's like you're in a time warp. Like it feels like nothing has changed. And yeah, that doesn't like, I feel like in New York you're constantly changing. Like you have different apartments, you have different jobs. Like, you know, it's always like, go, go, go. And I'm like, everyone back home is very kind of like, okay with this like more chill mindset. And not, like, the chill, like, West Coast mindset. Like, it's very, like, the island mindset.
1: Yes, exactly. Same, same. In, like, I think no one, no one has the New York mindset. It's a very different pace here. Everyone can also agree to that. Whoever lives here and also who come, people who come to visit. I, how many friends of mine from Miami that come to visit and they're like, whoa. They're like, yeah, Danielle, I can't do this. I'm, I'm cool with Florida. I'll be like, okay, that's cool. You know, it's not for everybody. It's not, it's really not for everybody. I also had a very close friend of mine who moved here the summer of 2012, and she was testing it out and she hated it. She thought she was going to love it. And she, like, probably lasted six months and said, I'm out, I'm back to (laughs) Florida. And I was like, okay, well, you see, it's not, it's just not for everybody. It's not. Um, And we, I feel like only the New Yorkers would say things like, we live in the best city in the world, where others are just like, okay, relax are not the best city in the world I mean yeah New York's has its ups and its downs but again when it comes to the industry that I'm in I've, I, I know for a fact I've benefited them like just from being here
0: yeah so let's talk a little bit more about that you know I've my experience and it has definitely been more on like the fashion and brand side so I want to can you tell us a little bit more about you know working in PR in New York City and you know what was agency life like, you know, you mentioned before, you know, kind of working for someone else, working for corporate and you've hinted at uh, the Bonita project. So let's dive a little bit more into that.
1: Yeah. So I was at an agency. um, So October of 2011, that same, that same fall that I moved to, to New York, I landed a job as an account coordinator. It was the entry level position and I was there for about what was it like seven years um I didn't go anywhere else (laughs) I was there for seven and a half years and I helped launch their multicultural division and at the time when I entered the industry was a time that everybody was looking like and I'm speaking on behalf of like the PR marketing and, and even editorial side too um a lot of a lot of companies brands were looking to tap into the multicultural side of things and when you think multicultural it's like a mix of everything right a mix of everything but white basically and I was working at an agency that wanted to create a team known as the multicultural team and you know I am Latina and and she you know the owner and met me and and knew that I was Athena and that I um, I spoke Spanish. And she immediately already targeted me like, okay, do you want to start a multicultural team here? And I said, I mean, and it's funny that that was the offer because I had specifically left Miami to not get pigeonholed and not having to fall into the Latin Mm -hmm. PR side of things because Miami is actually a very big city for all things Latin, as we know. So when I was approached with that offer, I was like, um, sure, why not? Like I mean at the time I was hungry, I was eager, I said, sure, like I'm 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 down for the cause, like I'm I'm down to, to start a multicultural team here. So that's where it all started. And back in twenty eleven there was no such thing as influencers. It was just you talking to editors, talking to different publications that some half of them no longer exist because the media continues to evolve and it's it's very much changing. And at the time it was like very traditional still where you had like PR is like talking to multiple magazines, talking to multiple editors, building those editorial relationships, making sure you're pitching your product, your brand all, constantly, et cetera. So I was in that world. And also I had to start focusing on building this multicultural team and start building relationships with with editors and press outside of what we would consider general market. So um When you think multicultural in our industry, it's like you start focusing on talking to press that falls within the Hispanic bubble and also the African-American bubble, I guess you would say. So it was um, a mix of like talking to Latina, people in Espanol, Ebony, Essence. And then there was a trend where all these Latina magazines were popping up like, Glam Vegas Latina, and then you had um, Cosmopolitan for Latinas, and then all of a sudden, there was, like, a Latina trend. Everybody wanted to jump on the Latina bandwagon, and then <laughs> all these brands were signing their Latina spokeswoman, like, their Latina celebrity face, and it was just, like, again, it was this full-on trend, because now it's fizzled out, kind of. Now it's definitely geared, it, it's going towards a different direction, but at the time, everybody was all about that. Everybody wanted to target the Latina consumer especially because I was Latina, or I am Latina, they figured, okay, you're going to help us build that. So over the years, I started really building that team, building those relationships, and working with some of the biggest brands, beauty brands, like L'Oreal, um, Javiana's um Garnier and Urban Decay so I got to work with some awesome brands and work with amazing budgets and create cool stuff but then after a while like maybe it was like when was it like in 20, 2017 I, I, I was just getting tired I was getting tired of the constant struggle of having to really push for our community and like really pitch our community to a brand that a lot of the times they didn't see the return, like they didn't, like we, like working in this industry, you really have to fight for budgets, especially when you work on the multicultural side of things. Um, A lot of the times our budgets are very small in comparison to the general market budgets. And again, I'm talking very industry related lingo. So if you have any questions or need to like interrupt me, like please do. But when it comes to marketing budgets, like I worked with a, a much smaller budget than all the other all the other accounts or all the other teams did because the brands didn't want to invest as much when it came to multicultural right and that was like one annoying piece and that's always going to be a thing unless until it gets fixed um so that was one pet peeve another pet peeve was being bottled up into this one massive bubble like I said I, I hate using the term bubble but it really was that I was like When you think multicultural in the industry, it was like Latina goes here, Asian goes there, and then African-American goes there. And it's like, wait a second, no. Like, I can't be an advocate for all these other ethnicities when I'm, like, I'm Latina, and that's it. Like, I'm not Black, and I'm not Asian. And I didn't feel right doing so. And it just got to the point where, you know, my team was never a big team. It was always fluctuating. It was between me, two people, then three people, then back to two people. And I said... Mm, listen I, I get it like the agency was a great um, what's it called it was a great it was a great leeway for me to connect with amazing people like I benefited a lot from being there like I made some amazing connections but just the the environment there and also just the way things were being handled it just it wasn't it wasn't for me anymore it wasn't for me I didn't want to be there anymore Again, I got tired of just having to vouch for our community. And it was like, you know what? It's time for me to leave. It's either I go somewhere else, I go to another agency, or I go in-house. So I work with a specific client, or I freelance. And I was hearing similar stories from other colleagues that were moving on to different agencies experiencing the same BS. And I told myself, you know what? I think if I go anywhere else, it's going to be the same shit. Like, it's going to be the same story, just with different people. And that's when I realized, I'm like, I, I got to go and do my own thing. Like, I got to go and launch my own project or just freelance or do something, but just do it by myself. Because also one thing is like, I feel that I don't like working underneath any people. I love working in teams. But again, the environment that we're in and the, uh, the industry that we're in, it's very known to be very, like people love to micromanage where we're in this industry and I'm sure other industries too. Um, and being like the person of color on that team, it was always very much intimidating to being micromanaged, being called out for, I'm um, not having the best grammar, having to be like, my emails needed to be reviewed a hundred times before before being sent to a client. And it also makes you feel like, oh shit, like am I not a good, am, am I not good at my job? Like am I not, Mm-hmm. am I not good at my job like that it makes you feel like that so I just I was tired of that and also like let's not even get started about the microaggressions that you even endure in these type of environment in these type of environments and in this type of industry because there's a lot and you know ever since June happened you know in the, in the wake of Black Lives Matter again I feel like a lot of employees in, in, in and across different platforms in this industry have also spoken out about these experiences that they've been having working with white counterparts. And I I can relate to a lot of these stories that a lot of people were sharing. So all in a nutshell, (laughs) I was just like, I need to leave. I need to leave. And I left. And I'm so glad that I did. Because especially now in the wake of Black Lives Matter, again, for me to be working at a place that was never so diverse, I'm just happy that I'm not there. Because that is an issue that needs to be fixed in this industry, period. Like being tokenized, being the singled out Latina person to, to do all things multicultural, because I'm sure a lot of women can relate to that, or, or maybe not Latina, maybe being a black woman in the industry, but having to speak for all other, for all other ethnicities, that's just not okay. Like, it's, it's a, it's a big responsibility for these bigger companies to invest in their team structure and their staff to make sure they have multiple voices from different backgrounds to advocate for that brand or product because it's just it's not fair it's not fair and people are over it and i'm here for it i'm here for the people speaking out and talking out about this issue because it's a real issue so i'm you know i'm very happy that i launched my own project and the bonita project has turned to be has turned to become like a platform that really advocates for diversity period like it's very much needed in the industry that we're in so i'm excited to see like i'm sorry i turned the whole conversation into this whole other (laughs) route but you know I'm passionate about it it's it's a very real topic that really hits home and whoever you know is listening and can relate like now is the time to speak up and like really educate others that like being tokenized is not okay and and really speaking up for for your community is important so yeah anyways I'm happy that I left <laughs> no
0: my, mic, dropped, so my, mic drop right there yeah um no I mean I Thank you for sharing so much. Um, you know, obviously, I, you know, a little background, I found Danielle online, I found the Bonita Project because my sister, who also works in PR and marketing, pointed me out to you had, I, I didn't even know that she had previously worked with you, you know, when she would explain it to me, she would also again, you know, just as you did, was like, well, I work for an agency and I, you know, am part of the multicultural team And I was like, okay, like, what does that mean? So I'm glad that you explained all of that because, you know, there is, um, you know, there, I feel like there's not enough information out there about it. And, you know, even mentioning again, like just the whole fact that diversity is a big thing behind the Bonita project and getting out of a, toxic environment let's say um you know with microaggressions and it made you know as you were talking it it you know i could just really hear how passionate you were as you were talking and it just reminded me of like little things that i've probably experienced that at the time it didn't mean anything to me and now when i look back at it i'm just like hmm like you know how you questioned like do i not know how to write an email like do i not know how to do my job you know, I come to think of like the certain moment that present in front of a large group. And, and I just remember someone in my team mentioning like, oh, like, are you going to get your hair done for this event? And and I was like, what do you like, what do you mean getting my hair done? So, you know, even if that's like very like minor versus, you know, a lot of other, you know, things that other people have experienced, like now thinking about it, I'm like, hmm, that might've been because I don't know, my hair is wavy and curly and probably does not look good half the time because of the humidity in New York or the fact that I was never a sample size in in any of the clothes that we did because I'm Latina and I have curves and I was like sorry I have an ass like I can't fit in that and I can't pretend to be the model like we need someone else from the team to come and do that.
1: Yeah, no, I can totally relate to a few of the things that you said. Like, I have very curly hair. Um, I have it's more p- puffy than anything, but I have big curly hair. And working in at my old job, I was very intimidated by even rocking this curly hair. I also was very self conscious about my curly hair. I, I I used to like not like it. I used to say I hate my hair. Like that, those are the literal words that used to come out of my mouth. Um, and it wasn't until I left my old job and i started embarking in this new journey of the bonita project and then i ended up meeting this fabulous hairstylist who is also known as ona diaz and she um her nickname is the hair saint who, and she's also a bonita client but i met her and she cut my hair and she's known as as the hairstylist to like heal your hair and cut your curly hair she she cuts a lot of curly hairs um, and she told me, listen, you, you, you hate your hair because you keep, you keep um, blow drying it. You keep flat ironing it. You, you have never seen your actual real curl. She, and she told me she, it, it was just, it, it, it took for me to sit in her chair and listen to her and, and trust her to be like, okay, fine. I'm going to take your advice and not blow dry my hair for the next six months and it became it turned into a year that i had not blow dried like blow dried my hair after that and my, my the the texture like my hair my curls is just it's a it's a whole other thing and now my my head like my curl like my just my hair has become like a part of me and it differentiates me i feel like from other people mm-hmm. in the industry kind of like i feel like i stand out more um and i love my hair now i feel like i would have never Embrace this part of me this look this beauty look that I'm that I now adore when I was at the soul job because I was so used to flat ironing my hair and I needed to I thought in my head that I needed to look a certain way in order for me to fit in and walk into that office and you know walk into these meetings with all these other white girls that you know yes let's face it, a lot of them have flat straight hair um and I used to want that hair, but now it's like, no, I'm, I'm happy with my curls. It's a pain in the ass to maintain and, (laughs) and (laughs) to, to, um, style, but I'm happy with that hair. So I hear you on that. I hear you on that. Like on, on having to play this, on having to look this way to play the part that should not be a thing. I think now more than ever should people and should women, especially, especially women in this industry really own the look that they want to own. Like you shouldn't need to feel a certain way to like play the part, like rock your own style, obviously professionally, you know, you can not also be rocking midriffs at work, but I'm saying like, um, yeah, like, especially when it comes to the hair, I feel like p- women of color, when it comes to their hair, it's a very, it's a very special conversation to have. And, and I'm seeing more and more women rock curly hair and I love it. And I'm here for it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I know that I've note uh, by going on your on the Instagram, um, the Bonita Project Instagram. I could always tell the photos that you that you're in because of your hair. I know that there's a lot because you do show a lot of like again diversity as you mentioned, and it's mostly like it's not just all product that you see on your Instagram. It's a lot of people, and there's a lot. It's very interactive, which I think is is refreshing and not. The usual case for an agency Instagram?
1: Yeah, I like to hear that. The Bonita Project has evolved into a community page. I wanted it to be that way. I I, I say, I I consider myself as your not-so-average PR agency because I wanted to really focus on the community, on the people, on the women that follow us, and really listen to them since the very beginning on, like, how they consume beauty, how they how they consume how they tune into influencers like i use the women that follow me as my focus group even like i really listen to them and see like okay how do you how do you guys interact with products like i feel like a lot of pr agencies don't manage don't do it that way um an agency just you know takes on the client listens to what the client needs and wants builds on ideas and that's it but i wanted to create an agency where i can Have a community backing it and look to them to ask them questions. My Instagram is a mix of everything, right? And also another thing that I've always wanted to build and be known for our Instagram is that we want it to be seen as an educational platform and really educate people that tune in and follow us on like the diversity that comes to being Latinx. So when clients look at us and potentially think to hire us, they see like, okay, these women know what they're talking about. They know what they're doing because I feel like also in the industry that we're in a lot of people don't understand the complexity of what it means to be Latinx and I hope that with this platform and with the Bonita project just the Instagram alone it kind of shows that because being Latinx means a lot of things and and and, it's, and I think just again I think I also I'm very passionate about this topic growing up as being a, a, a Peruvian American a Peruana I didn't have many Peruvians around me and I always felt single like left out because I had a lot of Puerto Rican friends, a lot of Dominican friends, Cuban friends, Colombian friends, but Peruvian friends, I had little to none, like maybe two in high school. Um, While well, everyone else was, you know, from all the other all the other backgrounds of me, I always felt left out. So with that being said, I think when creating the Bonita Project, I've always been adamant about highlighting people from other countries. I think it's very important for people to know about other influencers outside of like, where we like we outside of like where we normally follow um i think a lot of us follow some of the same people over and over again which is great no discredit to them i think it's important for us to follow all these like latina voices but did you know that there's also other important latina voices to follow in peru or in ecuador or in argentina or in chile like you know so it's that's a very big piece of my platform so when people again, enter this class and they see the diversity of what it means to being Latinx. I hope that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. No,
0: no, definitely. And it was interesting because I I was having a similar conversation with someone earlier today that, you know, for me, I think it was a little bit more on the kind of reverse side of what you just mentioned that growing up, you didn't really have anyone that you could like a hundred percent connect with. And I think for me, it was when I moved to New York, even though yes, New York is a melting pot and there's, you know, so many everything here. I did not fit in. You know, also I went to FIT, which is predominantly white and like 90% girls. I felt like I never fully connected with anybody. And you know, thinking back at it, I was like, oh, I don't really have that many friends from college. It was really, you know, once I started working that then I saw the diversity Um, because it really wasn't at FIT, to be quite honest. It was really, you know, once I started working retail, and then like everything kind of after that just started, it was like the domino effect. There was, you know, one of my first jobs, I worked, believe it or not, in Herald Square, and it was really like my first opportunity to really be myself. You know, every time I, I think of retail, even though, you know, sometimes, you know, yes, it's, it's a tedious job, but you know, every, every position I held within retail, I feel like I always met just like really incredible people.
1: That's beautiful to hear. That's great. That's really, really great. Yeah, it's important to be in places that you see diversity around you. I mean, it's important, it's very much needed. And I think now more than ever, I really do hope that companies are paying much more attention and are taking action to diversify their teams and whatnot. So I, I'm looking at all of this from a positive lens and I hope, I really do hope to see positive change.
0: Yeah, um, I, I agree with you. And I wanna talk more about the Bonita Project. I, I wanna ask you if, you know, what challenges you, you might have faced when you came to the realization that you were gonna, you know, go off on your own and create something
1: yeah so you know it all started with i mean it was just me by myself and i knew that again i wanted to do something that was community driven and and god and the universe the universe and god and whatnot like i'm very and i do believe in god and i do believe in the universe and it works in funny ways that they that the universe presented me with someone very special bonita who um is an influencer, and, and I was connected with her via DM, and, or we connected via DM, and ever since then, we've been friends, and where I'm getting at is that I connected with this girl, and she offered to intern for me. She was like my first intern ever, and she had been following me for some time on Instagram, and then when she saw that I was launching the Bonita project, she was very interested in seeing what I had, what I had cooking up, and she wanted to help, and I was like, okay, well, I don't have... I'm not able to pay you. I don't have, I'm like, I, I don't have that many clients yet. But hey, if you want, if you're here to like, learn and whatnot, I'm happy to, you know, give you a space for, for you to help me, I need help. And that's how it all started. So she started helping me from like, almost the very beginning, since I saw that she had a talent for social, like she, she's, a, she's an influencer now. And she loves taking pictures and editing and and doing fun things on IG stories, I said, you know what, why don't you help me build presence on our IG? Like, let's, why don't you help me build that? And she said, okay, yeah. So she was right on it. So she started helping me with creating content for the Bonita project. We officially launched our IG page in July of 2018. And from there, it's been great. Like, we now have twelve thousand followers on our Instagram, still growing. But we have some very, very loyal followers that have been with us since day one. And I have to thank this girl who was with me from the beginning. So yeah, it was her and I. And then I slowly started hiring interns to help me each semester. Um, I'm always very big on hiring young talent. I love interns. <laughs> I love students. Like they keep me on trend. They keep me. They keep me young, but they also put me on what the trends are. Right and. I was on TikTok last year before TikTok even blew up. I was I had been knowing about TikTok. I started I started exploring and playing with TikTok last year, and now look where TikTok has gone. So, again, I'm very I'm very adamant about hiring young talent, and it slowly has now evolved into like us being known as the Bonita Gang. But again, my team is very small still, and I I do contract people from time to time. So I have two bonitas that manage the social accounts for one of our other clients and I have a contractor that manages the help me pitch our clients so again it's like still a growing a still small but growing team like we're I I, I want to keep it small so like I'm not in any way or shape or form like ready to to open an office and like start hiring people I am not there yet I'm still very small I need to like be strategic about it but the dream is to you know continue to grow continue to get more clients continue to bring on talented women into my team so yeah it's, it's all it's been, it's been a process it's, and it's still a process it's not like people think that you that the Lonita project you to start and like from day to night and I'm like no that doesn't doesn't work that way it's been it's been a process it's been two years already and you know it's not like I'm a baller living in New York City yet like it's still it's still a work in progress yeah no
0: for sure I mean you know it sounds that you're work with people that you know are are standing for the same things and you know definitely want to be part of like the Bonita community like long term
1: hmm hmm we'll see where the where the Bonita project will go. I do have a lot of faith in the project. I I want it to grow. I definitely do. I want it to to be a bigger agency. Maybe not at a corporate level, absolutely not. But I do want it to for sure grow and 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 be a little bit bigger.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, of course. I mean I think that's what anybody wants is to, to scale their business but definitely having it be so the size that you want it to be I think that that's really important because you obviously don't want to you know scale so big and then have like the main the your mission behind it really kind of fade away because I feel like that's what happens with you know people that you believe yes they rise to stardom so quickly and then they're just like what happened to that person or that brand
1: Uh Mm uh-huh exactly that's what I'm scared about yeah
0: Yeah. Is there anything like new and exciting that you've been, uh, that you just like launched or like you initiated during the past couple of months?
1: So the past couple of months has been a, a test, right? It's tested me in so many different ways, how to work remote. I mean, I've, I've been working from remote since I launched my business. Like I don't work from an actual office, but you know, working from home has been a thing, Um, working, like managing my team remotely has also been a a bit of a challenge. But uh, like, thankfully, I still have my team there. But we, we client wise, clients are still there hanging in there supporting, thank God, we ended up introducing Wellness Wednesday, we would bring someone to help us practice wellness in a certain space, whether it was cooking whether it was meditating whether it was even we even did sound meditation we did a a banyo class and it was so special so that was at the very beginning of COVID we figured you know what let's engage with our community and really uplift them in a way I think people then we also did things like we since obviously music festival season went to shit because Coachella was canceled and that was it so we said you know what and inspired by all these djs that were they were going live um all these djs were going on, on ig live and playing music for the for for their people for their community i said why don't we do our own version of coachella let's call it bonita Chella, and let's partner with djs each friday like we'll have a lineup of djs each friday and will encourage people to tune in for an hour of just music and dance and then we can encourage others to send donations if they want to some of the djs because so again a lot of the djs have been hit by this by covid since they're not playing at the club and they're not playing at events so a lot of them have been djing and collecting money that way so we we introduced bonita Cella for the month of april so all of april was bonita Cella at full force it's actually I'm very proud of Bonita Chela. Even though, like, we don't have that many followers like that. But people were tuning in. And maybe sometimes, like, they'd tune in for the first half hour. But people were tuning in and dancing. And, like, listen, it was a way to have fun, dance. I was, like, I was sharing an IG live screen with the other DJ. And I'd be dancing on the screen. It was just fun. It was something different. Like, it was different. So that was something that we did back in April. And then... um. And then what else? And then obviously, you know, with, with when Black Lives, you know, it, it came, it came back. I mean, at full force in June, with, with, when, when it all started with George Floyd and, and all the news started unfolding, all these, the nasty, sad stories and people were sad. And, and I just, I didn't even know where to go with the the Project at that point, like on our page. I was like, you know what? I was sad. I was sad. I, I, I felt terrible. I. I I didn't even feel like it was the time to be posting any cute content right now because people were mourning, people were angry, people were sad, people were grieving. I was like, this is now not the time. So like, it's crazy how much has unfolded in the last couple of months, right? I had to, again, readjust my platform to be a platform that obviously we stand in solidarity with Black Lives Matter. I'm not here to to pretend and and what is it I think people are calling it um performance performative activism like like fake activism like I'm not here to just post my little black square and call it a day like that's not where it stops this can't be stopped and I mean this can't stop this needs to continue to be talked about um you know black lives matter and we need to we need to use our platform to really advocate for it even though we're a Latinx platform there you know there's a lot of afro Latinas that follow us Again, like, I just, I needed to take a pause. Like, the month of June, it was, like, a very, it was a, it was a very slow month for me. Like, I just, I didn't want to really put my energy towards anything, but just listen and focus on what's happening and how everything is evolving right now. Because our industry also took a hit. I'm I'm in the beauty industry. And the beauty industry was getting lashed out left and right. Um And luckily, you know, for my brand, my brands were doing it right. My brands are small. I don't have any big clients. I'm not working with any corporate giants. So my brands, you know, luckily they were not getting hit hard with this um, because they've always been about it. They've always been trying to diversify their content as much as they can. It was the bigger guys that were getting lashed out, right? So that was interesting to see. But so June, yeah, June was a very interesting month. It was, you know... Needless to say, I just, I, I didn't want to be posting stuff that didn't matter besides, you know, Black Lives, and it still matters, you know, this isn't going to go away, and I hope it doesn't go away. I, obviously, people have kind of fizzled out and not talked about it anymore, but I think it's important that we continue to talk about it and just not shut up about it. I'm not here to shut up about it, but I need to figure out, like, okay, how can I contribute to the cause with something that makes sense for the Bonita project, right? And I t- I talked about this earlier. I said that our industry is effed up, like there's not enough diversity. Um, There's a lot of tokenization happening. So I said, why don't we introduce a series called Unfiltered, where we allow people to submit their anonymous stories in the industry about them experiencing being tokenized. Maybe it's like multiple microaggressions being singled out. Like, you know, we all have those similar experiences. Let's talk about it and share them on our platform. So Wellness Wednesday ended up evolving into Woke Wednesday, <laughs> and now we have this series called Unfiltered, and we've opened the space for people in our industry to submit anonymous stories about something that they've experienced in the past or currently, and we write about it on our platform and keep it anonymous. So I don't know who it is that, that's submitting the story. But we receive submission, submissions each week, and then we post them on Wednesdays. So we're not gonna we're not gonna kill that. We're gonna keep that going because I think it's important for others that follow us. So we do have people that are white, black, Latina following us. I want them to actually read it and listen and pay attention, especially not the people of color, but the non people of color, to actually listen and see like, okay, this is an issue. Like I should not be saying that in the office because a lot of the times what I'm reading and a lot of the story submissions that we've been getting is that a lot of people hear like a lot of people in the office especially pre-COVID would say stupid shit that like they didn't even realize was a microaggression or was insulting to our culture like things like oh my god why are Spanish people so loud or you know like what you said like about straightening your hair or like what if you're going to change your you're going to you know straighten your hair right like those comments like that are just not allowed and should not be said in the office, period. So I'm happy that we started this and that people are submitting their stories. And Liz, if you wanna submit your story, please do. <laughs> like, I would love for you to submit a story. You know, We will keep it anonymous, we will post it. So that's where we're at right now with the Bonita Project. We have that every week. And then ever since July hit, if you've been following the Bonita Project since day one, We've always been very big about celebrating all the Independence Days across all Latin America to highlight, again, the diversity within our culture. We decided to partner with multiple Afro-Latina influencers in different countries to do takeovers on our page and talk a little bit about what being Black means in Venezuela, in Colombia, in Argentina, and most recently Peru. So we highlighted different Afro-Latinas from different backgrounds, and that's been beautiful. And now we have a few coming up to celebrate Bolivia and Ecuador. It's been a project that has also been in the works these past couple of weeks, and we're really proud of it. Like, I haven't even been able to think about Hispanic Heritage Month yet, but that's coming up. Like, by tomorrow, it's going to be here, so I'm going to start gearing up for that very soon.
0: I mean, I just started following the Bonita project not too t- not too long ago, um, but I I do I've actually tuned in. I'm not sure if it's they're actually posted either on the stories or or on the feed, but I've seen just even the videos of of your interns like kind you know explaining what they do. And I thought that that was really special too because, you, again, you are giving a voice to just your team in general because, you know, whether or not they are intern for, you know, six months or, you know, however long that works, um, you know, it's just giving them like a little voice there on on the platform being like, hey guys, like, you know, I could do this. It, it, it gives you just that kind of visual connection too to be like, wait, I can do that too. Like someone that is watching this can can feel like that too like you're not just seeing oh you have to be you have to look a certain way or you know talk a certain way to to you know to be an intern or you know to to get a certain job I really like that everything is just again like giving a voice to I mean especially females too about you know what it's like for them and you know where where it is in different communities
1: yeah no you said a lot of valuable things right there and I think it's you know it's so important to to continue to have these conversations and that you for in for instance i know you're just launching your platform you're you know you're in the midst of growing and inviting multiple diverse voices in here and i I really wish you the best and i hope that your platform blooms um you know you can always Mm -hmm. count on the ones project to support you and we need to see more of you creating a space for this and like again it's we're in the midst of just educating ourselves this needed to happen unfortunately for all of us to really tune in and and tune into what's important right we had to be stuck in our homes we had to be stuck in a pandemic for us to really listen to what's happening around us and like the awful things because people back then because you know going back to 2016 and 2017 when black lives matter was agit all-time highs. not a lot of people were speaking up about it as, as we are now because people were just tuning into their day-to-day as a normal day and you know people decided to stay silent people were getting like they just chose to like not speak up about it because it, it didn't affect them you know if it doesn't if it's not about me then I just rather not talk about it I'm not gonna lie I, I was a lot more immature then. I was 25 26 when this was all happening and I will always remember one of my my black friend even called me out she was like Yeah, I'm really upset that you haven't said anything about it and I was like what I was like oh my god what do you mean I'm like no but I'm not racist but she was like it's not about that she's like you work in an area in an industry where people follow you and you're not saying shit about it when she told me that I'm like oh my god I felt like shit I felt like serious shit like I was like you know what she's right but I also didn't have the bonita project I worked at a very all-white office where I mean they, they were not talking about it they were ignoring it so I spoke up about it a little bit but I didn't know I didn't know how to articulate myself then now at 31 it's a whole different I'm like I'm, a, I'm at a different pace I'm at a different I see things very differently and I feel empowered more to speak up about it because I don't have anyone looking over me like making me you know making me feel a certain way where if I say something I might get fired you know what I'm saying so. Yeah yeah things have things have changed <laughs> but again i think this pandemic if anything um and this covid while it's awful and i and it sucks that it's, it's really messed up 2020 in a way where like you know i know all of us had all these goals and travel plans and it was going to be the best year of ever because it was a new decade and this and that and like you know okay this has to happen and you know what i'm looking at it from a positive light because I am now paying attention to things that actually matter. I'm not spending money like I was ever, because like like in the past, because I'm not buying outfits. Like I was telling my friend this yesterday, I'm like, I'm not even, I have not gone online shopping since I don't know when, because I'm just not interested in buying a new summer dress now, because what, where are we going? We're not going anywhere. I'm just gonna save my money. <laughs> And stay indoors and again, pay attention to what matters because now that I think about it, I'm like, okay, I spent $200 on a dress or whatever. And for what? For an Instagram post like that matters right now? Nah, that doesn't matter right now. Not to me at least. So anyway, (laughs) that's where I am. No,
0: no, very, very well said. I feel like you mean, even though that industry, which, you know, is very close to me, has definitely suffering the most just because everything is closed. I went from like, I worked in field sales before and then I went to working in an office, especially in New York city. Like everything is so expensive. You're getting your coffee here. You're getting lunch here. Like it's not, if you don't have an office, it's really hard to just try to maintain those like easy things that you can control, like making Mm -hmm. your own lunch and making your own coffee. I'm like, you know, there's so many factors that are like thrown at you that You know, you really do. I've noticed that over the past like year and even now, like, you know, what I'm spending money on, even the whole shopping experience. I'm like, it's, it's very different.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I work in the, in the influencer world. I work with a lot of influencers and I mean, yeah, it's opened my eyes to many things of how many have reacted during the past couple of weeks. And it's it's been interesting to see. I'm just taking notes. That's all I'm saying.
0: (laughs) Um, no, definitely. I mean, we can go on and on talking about, you know, the PR world and everything going on. Um, but I want to go into one of my favorite segments of the podcast, which is all about New York. And, you know, now that you've, you know, you said you were coming up on your anniversary from what'll be now nine years that you've been in New York. Um, I would love to hear more about, you know, pre-COVID stance of, you know, some of your favorite places in New York and, you know, what you love and hate about the city.
1: Oh my God. I love New York City. It's just so expensive. So like I used to say, (laughs) I'm never moving. But now as like I hit the third chapter and I'm 31, I'm like, okay, realistically, Danielle, like what's going to happen? Because it's so expensive. Real estate is crazy. Like, it's just crazy here. I... I don't even know if it's worth investing in a property here. I don't know. But I what I love about New York City is that it's it's very diverse. Like, it really truly is. It, it, it has its effed up things. I'm not going to lie to you. It does. Um, gentrification is a real issue. I live in the heart of it right now. I live in Brooklyn. And it's sad. It's really sad to see. Um, I do live in a, a brand new building. I'm not going to lie to you. But it took me nine years being here to finally... Mm-hmm. to finally afford a rent and you know in a, in a new building with a doorman but you know it's, it's crazy to see how brooklyn has also evolved love i love eating out i'm a foodie at, it's, at, the, at the core like if there's one thing about me people say i'm a foodie but i'm like listen i'm a real foodie because i'm peruvian i i my palate has been exposed to so many dishes I've been eating crazy things since I was a kid. Like, I've never, I'm not a picky eater. I love to eat. And I love the fact that if I need, if I want to order takeout, I can, I have just a, a array of options at my disposal. Like, especially now in COVID, like, everyone's ordering, you know, takeout and ordering from seamless. And I love the fact that there's just so many options that I can order from Vietnamese, Thai, Um, poke bowls, um, Peruvian, um, if I want a Dominican Dominican food, if I want sushi, if I, you know, there's just so much variety um, at my, at, at my disposal here, living in New York City, and I love that, I just love the eating out, I love the little mom and pop shops here, you see a lot of that here, and not so much, at least when I grew up in South Florida, it wasn't like that, you know, in South Florida, the eating out experience was going to your local Applebee's, or Chili's, or Friday's, same. same you know what i'm saying like it was like uh and then when moving here it's like there's just like these like this this one and only restaurant that you can that you can only get this one type of price of pizza at and that's the beauty of new york i love that um i love that and i love that this city at least where i'm at it's a very woke city because again people have such progressive Values here, people think differently here. You know, we spoke about this, and I think that's also another thing that I love about New York. But let's talk about the challenges. You know, the challenges here is that, yeah, rent is expensive, um, the living cost is expensive here. Um, having no car is a struggle, but I've already adjusted. Like, I'm okay without having a car here. I used to miss my car, I used to miss having an automobile but also having a car here is stressful as it is like you have to pay for a parking garage because finding street parking is awful and if you find street parking great but then you also get your car scratched i don't know these are florida girl problems because i remember when i moved here and i didn't have a car i was like um i miss my car <laughs> so those were a little bit of the things that i hated and also just you know getting adjusted to the public transportation the commute um I think at the very beginning, it was a big culture shock for me because you see a mix of everything here in New York City In other states and other cities. It's very, it's very segmented. It's very, especially living in the, in the boroughs and even in the city too, like you are mixed with so many other, with so many other ethnic groups, right? It's just like so many other ethnic groups bottled up into the one neighborhood that you're in. In other cities, you don't see that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, also going back to being like what the beauty of New York is, but coming from... Imagine that me being Latina and coming from a city like Miami where it's just all Latinos, all Latinas, to coming, moving into Queens and moving into then Brooklyn to seeing like a mix of everything. It was like, wow, okay, this is different. You know, it's a different hustle, it's a different pace, it's a different view. Um, and people like to think of New York City as like a stinky, diggy with rat rat infested diggy but I'm like it's okay I mean don't get me wrong I hate rats they're scary but I'm okay <laughs> I'm okay I Girl, don't know like oh like a it's rat hard. on the
0: subway tracks that's like the worst thing not even on the tracks on the platform you're just like
1: no it's like the worst feeling <laughs> yeah no it's, it's it's disgusting but you know besides that I'm okay I'm okay with with, you know, with seeing a rat here and, there. and as long as it doesn't make it into my apartment, I'm, I'm cool. Yeah. Well, only,
0: <laughs> only in New York would the rat eating a slice of pizza go viral. So anywhere else it wouldn't have gone viral.
1: Right. Exactly. That's the, that's, that's why I love New York.
0: So, you know, any, any last minute um, advice or for anyone in the audience, like, let's say that they're thinking of moving to New York, or maybe they're thinking of starting their own business, like, you know, kind of, you know, doing similar to what you did, Um, even though obviously there's, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are hesitant to do any of the, either of those things uh, because of COVID. But do you have any advice for our listeners out there?
1: Yeah. So I think this, this applies to both if you want to move to New York, or if you want to start your business, if you're just even thinking about it, but are scared, that's what's stopping you. It's like that fear of like not making it girl, just, just try it, do it. I know it sounds so silly. And people are probably going to be like, okay, it's so easy for you to say, but listen, just do it. What's gonna, like, like my mom said, like Danielle, if you won't do it, if you will not try it, you know, what do you got to lose? Like, if it fails, it fails. But at least you tried it and you did it. And then, you know, it's same with New York. Like my friend who moved out here, like who I mentioned earlier and moved out here for six months and didn't like it. Okay. But she tried it. She did it. She moved to New York, hated it and said, this isn't for me. I'm moving back. But I have to give it to her. She tried it. She gave it a try. It's not for everybody. But how are you going to know if you don't give it a try? Same with starting your business. How are you going to know if it's not successful if you don't give it a try? I did not know what was going to happen with the Bonita Project, to be honest with you. I, I didn't know where it was going to go. I had faith, yes. I had faith that it was going to be okay, but I was scared. But I left my old job. I left a six-figure salary, mind you, to starting from scratch. And I told myself, but I had a lot of faith. You have to have faith in what you do. You have to believe in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself, then yeah, it's going to affect your way of thinking and the, and the way you do things. So you have to have faith in your project. And I have faith in my project. And I, you know, I, I have to sacrifice. So see, you have to be willing to sacrifice a few things and getting uncomfortable. And starting because starting from scratch and starting from zero, it's hard. But if you again, if you have faith in your project, and you want to see it succeed, you will see it succeed. And, and it's also very important to surround yourself with people and friends that believe in you. Because if you have people around you that are giving you the, but, but if, but, but but are you sure? Like, no, you cannot be listening to that right now. You can't. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be challenges. There's going to be struggles, but you can't have people that doubt you around you. That's not, you know, try to focus your energy or surround your energy around people that want to see you win. That's so important. That's, and I, and I'm very grateful for all the people that gave me the advice that they did and told me, Danielle, just do it. I had other publicists that also have their own businesses that t- that told me, Danielle, go and do it. Like you you're not going to know, you're missing out. Just do it and hey, if you don't like it, you always you have a degree. You can always go back to a corporate job if you need to. Maybe, you know, maybe you end up doing the freelancing and you realize it's not for you and you can always go back to that. And you know, there's always going to be a job there listing, a job listing. And you can go back to that. But how are you going to know if you don't give it a try?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I agree a hundred percent. I think that even just, you know, starting out this podcast, I had the idea and I was like, I'll never know if I'm able to do it. Um, unless I kind of just, you know, start talking to myself and start talking to a mic and get my idea out there. Uh, so yeah, I think that that's really taking the risk is, is probably always like the scariest part. And, you know, you, again, I can't probably stress enough as well, surrounding yourself with people, That you know are in your corner.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Well, Danielle, thanks so much for for coming on the podcast. I'm I'm really excited for everyone to hear this episode. Can you let us know where people can find you online? Do you want to learn more about you or the Bonita Project?
1: Yeah. So you can find us on Instagram, of course, at the Bonita Project, and you can also follow me on my personal Instagram, which is known. A, which is written as Danny, B-A-N-I, Alvarez, P-R, P-R. You can also follow my personal shenanigans.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Um, I will make sure to link them in the show notes as well so everybody doesn't have to worry about spelling. And thanks again so much. I'm really excited about this one.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: As always, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. For more on Realistically with Liz and our guests, visit our website, linked in the show notes, and check out our Instagram page. Don't forget to rate and review on your preferred podcast platform, and we'll see you next Saturday with a new episode.